2,000 years ago, when Jesus stood on top of Mount Olives, it was a very important mountain, this Mountain Olives, huh? Mount Olives, which is within Jerusalem, right next to the Temple Mount. Many things happened at Mount Olives. And in fact, in just a couple of months, we will be going to Israel. We will be going to Mount Olives. That is where the Garden of Gethsemane was, where Jesus prayed and He was arrested. That was on Mount Olives. If you look in the book of Zechariah, at the end, when the day of the Lord comes, the Lord will put His feet on Mount Olives and the mountain will split from east to west. So many things happen on this Mount Olives. But today we are looking at one particular event when Jesus was gathered with His closest disciples around Him. He had come to the end of His earthly ministry. And after His resurrection, for 40 days He was with them. Acts chapter 1 verse 3 tells us, during these 40 days, to whom He also presented Himself alive, after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Everyone say kingdom of God. You want to know what is on the heart of Jesus? It is the kingdom of God. He had 40 days after his resurrection. The last moments he had with his disciples, he was talking about the kingdom of God. Now, after that 40 days, he comes up to his final few moments. Not even the last 14 minutes, maybe the last 14 minutes. And this is, at that point, this is his charge to his disciples. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, something we are very familiar with, it says, And you shall receive, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. Everyone say witnesses. Witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, two things will happen. You have power and you will be witnesses. Starting from these concentric circles, okay, Jerusalem, just to the south is Judea, north is Samaria. So, you go out a little bit and then you go to the ends of the earth. This was the charge, the final words of Jesus to His disciples before He was taken up. And by extension, this charge is for all of us, you and me, and everyone, every believer who counts themselves as the disciple of the resurrected Messiah to be His witnesses. So turn to your neighbour and say, you are His witness. Right? We are all His witnesses. And this is precisely what the disciples did. If you look further on in the book of Acts, what did the disciples do? They took the exact words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and they did it in Acts chapter 4, verse 33. It says, and with great power, right, the power of the Holy Spirit, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. So, there's no, no doubt about what it was that Jesus told the disciples to do and what Jesus is telling all of us to do. Jesus is calling all of us to be His witnesses with the power of the Holy Spirit. They were witnesses to the fact of the resurrection and in turn, it validated everything else that Jesus taught, His message and His vision for the kingdom of God. So, wherever they went, people believed they bought into the kingdom of God. They, they believed the vision. They were not merely witnesses. They were demonstrating. They were showcasing what the kingdom of God looked like. Paul calls these people ambassadors. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, he says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled with God. So, Paul is saying that God 
is through these ambassadors, all right, through all of us, is pleading to the world to be reconciled to Christ. So if the ambassador, so you know, I, I drive my car, you know, I, I can be, I can, I can drive quite fast sometimes, you know, I do like a fast car, but usually Sunday I drive very slow. Because you never know a church member in front of me. <laughs> and I always, I always remember, you know, I'm an ambassador. I cannot chow kwan, you know. How can I drive like this? Okay, in Malaysia, different story. But, you know, we are all ambassadors. So, whatever you do or don't do, that becomes the image of God that people receive, right? God is pleading through us. So, as a church, we are constantly looking for ways, corporately, as small groups and as individuals looking for ways that enable us to present Christ to people around us, not in an obnoxious way. Obviously, not trying to force people to, to scold people or push the Bible into their face and shove it down their throats, but in a winsome way, in a kind way. Often, we do this by showing care, serving people, being loving. So many of you have gone out of your way to do just that to be unapologetic ambassadors of Christ to our communities, to the communities and the places where God has put you. We have to be unapologetic because we should not be ashamed of the gospel. In a world where sometimes people will persecute you, people will ostracize you, people will reject you for being religious, for being holy. As Christians, we should never shrink back, all right? We should never be ashamed of Christ. We should be proud that we are called to bear the cross of Christ. So, as a church, we are doing all these things and many of you have been involved in it. And uh, this morning, Romani is here. I told her I'll talk about her. Romani is one of our uh, church pastors, actually, lay pastors who is pastoring Kus Philadelphia International Service. So, they have a service for Sri Lankans and other people as well. Small service, but that's the work she's doing. Right? God has led her to do this. And recently, she was engaged with this Kim Tian West uh, RC in order to provide some services and to serve the community there. And so, they have ended up doing all kinds of things, providing different services to the elderly there, helping to organize community libraries for their children so that they can borrow books, holding tea parties, sharing their bakings with the family there, and so on and so forth. All because she was thinking, now how can we engage people? How can we be witnesses? And she is now a very effective ambassador. So, praise God for Romani and the work that she's doing. Closer to home, you know, we are in this um, burgeoning neighbourhood called Queenstown and Dawson. And many of you recently, just about a month ago, had donned the M almost M1 coloured T-shirt, uh, the orange, bright orange. Actually, that's my brightest orange T-shirt. I'm convinced that if power run out, I open my cupboard, the light will come out. It's very bright, right? But you guys put on that T-shirt that says Coos and you went door to door, knocking on them, introducing yourself, welcoming them to Dawson. Obviously, Many, uh, many of the places are not yet occupied, but there are also some doors that are not ready to be opened. But on the other hand, there are many doors that were open and you guys were able to introduce yourself, welcome them, you know, get to know them a little bit. And some of these people, they are actually coming down to another ministry of ours, which is Cafe Oasis. Just this last week, I was down here in Cafe, Cafe Oasis and a couple of gentlemen who are living near Sunsiong, they were down here and they heard about us and they decided to come down and say hello and there were people at that corner talking to them, sharing with them, praying with them. It was just amazing because the guys at Cafe Oasis, 
started doing this long before anyone had moved in. Two years ago, when the building, our church building was completed, they were down there doing the same thing faithfully week in and week out, even before a single person came down. But today, they are here and the neighborhood is coming in. Amen. So all those of you who are serving that way, you know, you are doing a great job. Your faithfulness is turning into a witness for the kingdom of God. Now, of course, not just that. We have other kinds of people. Just last week, we had a children's, uh, Kuz Kids children's party. Now, some of you may know, we have been doing this for quite a while. You know, every two months or so, we have birthday parties or all kinds of parties. Any kind of reason to get children down here. And they have been coming down. So last week's party was called ice cream party. And when I heard that, I was like, I need to be upstairs. Lah, you know? <laughs> because adults here got no ice cream. One. Actually, you used to have ice cream. Right? We need to do that once. So once in a while, we have ice cream party down here. Anyway, they had been sowing and that they had seen some wonderful fruits for their sowing. In fact, last week, 30 children accepted Christ. You know? So from the neighborhood, praise the Lord. I want to ask Pastor Debbie to come up and share with us some of these very encouraging stories of how our witness has made a difference. Debbie? Thank you, Pastor Daniel. Good morning, church. Indeed, there are many, many exciting stories and testimonies for me to share to give thanks and glory to God. Uh, we just finished, we had our evangelistic camp in June. And after the June camp, some young people became on fire. And they went out there to the neighborhood with the, with the ice cream flyers, wanting to invite children to come for the party. So last week, a boy walked in um, because he was given the flyer. And he came to the party, and during the party, he gave his life to Jesus. He said yes to Jesus. And after that, he told us he wants to come back uh, for our regular Cool Kids program on Saturday. There's another family, you know, with two uh, children, a mom with two children. Um, they came, uh, you know, on the dot at 2.30, uh, 4.30, and they wanted to come for the party. The mother told us that, you know, the son has been calling her because she was out, asking her, please come home, bring me to the church next door because they are having ice cream party. So the mom brought them, they came, they accepted Jesus, and now they want to come for our Coast Kids program as well. And this week, when I called the mom, the mom told me, oh, Debbie, you know, my children are looking forward to come to Coast Kids. And not only that, my youngest girl has invited her friends. Can they come? So, you know, the younger girl now is sharing, you know, uh, with her friends. And in the same way, on Sunday, we also had the same party, but in Chinese, at Tian Guo Er Tong. In the same way, a family with three children came. And, uh, and these three children attended the party on Sunday and they also accepted Jesus. And they also say the same thing to Pastor Wen Ti. Somebody gave me a flyer. Somebody gave my children a flyer. And here we are attending the party. Well, isn't it great to hear that children are walking in and given the chance to hear about the gospel of God? You see, there's a phrase that says, it takes a village to raise a child. Actually, for children evangelism, we need adults. We need the church. We need the parents. We need the young people who goes out there actively giving out the flyers to invite uh, little ones to come. And I want to end my sharing with a very, very special testimony which I heard from a couple who is in our church. 
Um, they are parents of Cool Kids children. Their oldest girl is already in sec one and is serving with us. So what happened is over the years, whenever we have party, the second girl, you know, who is P5 now, will always invite her friends. Three years ago, she invited some friends and they came to the party. And normally, we would encourage the parents to partner their children because children can't walk into church on their own, right? The parents will have to bring their friends here. And we always tell the parents, be the host, you know, befriend them, um, you know, host them during the two hours while the children are having the party, hearing about the gospel. And this couple did what, you know, we suggested. And so they sat down with the mom of a child who came for the party. And during that session, she shared her story. And she was going through uh, a difficult time. She was actually going to go through a divorce. To cut the story short, three years later, when I heard this story, the mom of this friend accepted Christ. And not only that, God saved her marriage. She did not go through a divorce. And on top of that, her husband came to Christ. And so now the whole family is, is Christians and is visiting another church, worshipping another church. Let's give God a clap of offering, shouldn't we? You see, just one child with one flyer. And that one child invited a friend. And one party, a, a, a whole household was saved. Not only that, their marriage was saved. So all glory to God. Back to you, Pastor Daniel. Thank you, Pastor Debbie. I think Kush Flyer more powerful than Singapore Flyer. <laughs> but we don't know who gave the flyer. Somebody decided that they're going to do their small part to be a witness. And that's all it takes. You don't need a Bible degree uh, to give a flyer. I can guarantee you that, right? Now, I want to talk about how our witness can go out to, I guess, to the ends of the earth and to every strata of society. I want to talk about four different demographic groups among you and among the people that you will reach. First of all, let's just start with what we have already spoken about, children. Starting from the youngest, right? Cool Kids is doing whatever they can. I believe they have one of the best programs, very engaging programs, making it as easy for us. But for us, what we can do is we can reach out to our relatives, our friends, you know, people with children. We can help advertise. We can help bring them along. You don't have to do the sharing. You don't have to do the engagement. All you got to do is give the flyer. Invite somebody, right? Somebody that you know. You know be proud of your, your church. The next one that they have is coming up in two months. It's not ice cream party. It's called um, the Roller Coaster. <laughs> okay, I didn't come up with these names, right? So the Roller Coaster, I want to say the Rooster, but uh, the Roller Coaster needs people to invite friends, right? It's such a good program and many of you probably have grandchildren or you know somebody or maybe you have a sibling who has a family with kids. Please do your part. Secondly, you can also be involved, as mentioned, by befriending the parents who come. Sometimes these non-Christian parents who come, because they are non-Christians, they may not join the service. Sometimes they may join the service, but sometimes they won't, right? If they won't, some of us will probably need to make the effort. It takes an intentional effort because you don't know who is who. So you've got to go and ask and find out, partner with uh, Coast Kids, be their friends, and maybe something amazing will happen. Just through one child. Sometimes entire families or entire clans can come to Christ. Third of all, you can directly share gospel with the children. Right? It's not that difficult. Tell them about God answering prayer, tell them about God's love, and so on and so forth. You can do it. All right? Now, children's ministry today is not 
just babysitting. You know, sometimes we have this idea that our uh, children are just keep them out of the way until they're old enough. No, it's no longer babysitting. Today, children's ministry has the impact of youth ministry of the past because everything has moved downwards, right? Children are growing up faster than ever before. So we really need to reach them earlier and we thank God that Kuz Kids is doing a great job but they need your help. They need your help to be more effective witnesses. Moving on, we have uh, the youth, right? The youth, which is a very important uh, demographic in our church. And to be very frank, the best ambassadors to other youths are the youth themselves. Because the youth right now don't want to listen to people who are too old and maybe not too young either, right? So they want to listen to their peers. So if you are a young person, if you are in school, you're in campus, you know, you're in university, you are probably the most important ambassador to your own generation. And frankly, if you don't care about them, who will care about them? Paul, in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, he says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, when you read the word preacher there, Paul is not talking about me. He's not talking about the youth pastors. He's talking about you. Young people, you are in your schools, you are the preacher for your school. And I know it is sometimes scary, right? Because there will be opposition and you want to be accepted like as all young people do. But today, we have a charge. A charge that God gave, that Jesus gave on Mount Olives that applies to you and me to be His witnesses with the power of the Holy Spirit wherever you are. So, don't wait. Don't wait for someone to tell you to start. The, the starting gunshot already went off 2,000 years ago. Start Christian groups in your schools, in your campuses, pray. We want to reach class by class, school by school, campus by campus for Jesus Christ. What you do not want to do is you do not want to meet your friends at the gates of eternity and have them ask you, why didn't you tell me? We were in school for so many years together. Why didn't you tell me? Going beyond youth, we come to a very large group of uh, people in, in our community. And this would be the working peoples and families. I put them together, right? Because families are also usually working people. Now, this group encompasses young adults, young families, those who are maybe slightly further on in your career. And I know you are a very busy demographic group, right? You carry many responsibilities. Uh, you have to... Uh, you have many things that are going on in your life and quite frankly, you're also probably very distracted, right? Due to all these things that are happening in your career, your know, children's schooling and so on and so forth. You're very busy. And in many ways, what we said about the youth also apply to you because you are effective ambassadors and witnesses to your peers, but it's a little bit different. They can't fire you from school, right? For being too on fire. But... In the workplace, you need to be more tactful. It's a little bit more tricky because, you know, you're kind of stuck there and there's a different kind of working relationship. So, we understand your, your bandwidth is limited. You have many, many things on your mind. So, we produce some tools. Uh, in the past, we have used Alpha. Some of your cell groups have done Alpha. This is to make it easy for you so that you don't have to do too many things. All you got to do is to be friendly to be caring and to be kind and you invite them to some of these Alpha sessions. Now, in the past, 
Alva used to be Nicky Gumbel with his stiff upper lip and rather British way of speaking, telling his English jokes that sometimes go over our heads, right? Now, it depends. If you're one of those Philly Fella type, yeah, you totally get Nicky Gumbel. But many of us are not. We are Singlish type one, lah, you know? So for this, I want to tell you that there are some very effective tools coming up that make you make you want to be witnesses. I want you to look at the latest Chinese Alpha series. Now, I know this is Chinese, but don't worry. Trust me, uh, I know this is Chakantang service, but we can do it, alright? So I want you to listen to this and see whether you want your friends to watch this. Uh,因为我是在一个很缺少爱的一个家庭里面出生的。我觉得我一出生就是一个被弃绝、被拒绝的一个孩子，因为我奶奶重男轻女的思想比较严重，所以小时候的感觉就觉得。父母经常会像踢皮球一样把我踢来踢去，就不愿意照管。我觉得活在这个世界上没有任何的意义和价值，所以从很小的时候我就很想自杀，结束自己的生命。但是很奇妙的是，在我九岁的那年，啊，有一
Even though we are English speakers, we realize that many of our colleagues will understand this. This is not for you and me, it's for them. And perhaps you can make use of this tool. Now, I know some of our cells are what we call sleeper cells, huh? like the terrorists are sleeper cells. Some of us are sleeper cells because you never run alpha, you never do anything, maybe you do other things. I want to challenge you. Make Jesus' command to be witnesses your mission, right? You have people that only you can reach that we could never reach from here, but you could do something, maybe take This is the new alpha. Two million dollars was pumped into this to make it easier for you to do your job. Please take advantage of this. Now, of course, this is not the only thing that you can do, especially for this middle group. There are two other things that are very important for you. First of all, you are hugely responsible for the discipleship of your own children, to be witnesses to your own families because your children are watching you and you are a bad testimony for your children, you will harm the future of the church. So it is very important for you to be effective and uh, good witnesses to your own families and to your own children. And quite frankly, nobody can do that for you. This is not something you can outsource. This is not something that we can have an alpha program for you. This is something that you need to do yourself. I'll talk about this a little bit more later. But on top of that, the third thing you can do is because you have a unique place. Unlike the youths and the retirees, you are the guys who bring home the bacon, so to speak, right? So your faithful giving is what often enables a lot of the other ministries of the church to carry on. So these are some things that you can do to be effective witnesses. Now, speaking of retirees, that's the next major group, the fourth group, right? This is, in Singapore, the elder, the older generation, this bracket is going to become the largest, one of the largest demographics because all the pioneer generation are going to be there right now. And because of medical science and advancement, we are all living far longer. You have lots of energy, lots of time. And you know the best part about being old, you can sit anywhere you want. MRT, train, nobody there to say anything to you, right? Because you, you look old, right? Got gravitas. So, you know, I think this is something very important. Now, a lot of people think that, oh, I'm old already, let the younger people do. I want to challenge that thinking because of this huge demographic in Singapore that is largely unreached with the gospel and you guys are probably the best. You're the most effective people to reach them. You see, the young people, very difficult to reach them. The middle group of people, very busy, right? They are working, they are looking after their families. Only the elderly can reach the elderly. Only the retirees have the time in the world to do that. So there are many things you can do and uh, in uh, Church of Saviour, we have Evergreen Fellowship, which uh, uh, Jesse and Joe are pastoring that, uh, that service every Thursday. You know, I was just up there last Thursday. They are doing everything, right? They're doing everything from the worship leading to sometimes even the managing the projection to the preaching and sharing and praying. They are doing everything. And you can do it too. Maybe God will give you dreams. Old men will have dreams, uh, dream dreams and visions. And we want to start more of this. Okay, this is not the only one. We hope to do this in a decentralized manner throughout Singapore. So if God lays it upon your heart as an elderly person in this bracket, then maybe you should think about this. Now, why do we want to decentralize this? Why don't bring everyone to church? Now, it is true that it's very convenient and we're happy to let them come to church. But you will realize there are two problems with being in this bracket. First of all, mobility will become increasingly a problem. As you get older and older, it becomes harder and harder to travel. And also, you don't want to travel at night because, you know, your vision is kind of going as well. But you still want to be with people. So, when they cannot come to church, church needs to go to them. And you guys 
are the people to do it. If you are in that bracket, God has laid this upon your heart, come and talk to us. We'll try and think up some ways to start some of these things in different parts. It doesn't have to be big. It has to be decentralized. It has to be, uh, it has to be manned by people who are committed to being witnesses, to serving these people in different places. The second problem you have with being old is time running out. Right? Time running out. See, when you're young, you've got a lot of time and no money. Now you're older, you've got quite a bit of money, but time running out. So you need to do this quickly, right? So this, this is something that I want to uh, ask this older generation to pray. Pray to see if God is putting something on your heart to be ambassadors to your own generation, your own friends, right? Daytime ministry, because you don't have to work, right? So daytime, whether you can go and play golf, then they stuck to you, stuck with you for 18 holes. You can do stuff. God can use you to do stuff, to give up the proverbial flyer. Now, all of that Jesus told us 2,000 years ago. And the world has changed drastically. And today's world is far more sophisticated and complicated, but in some ways, still exactly the same. The preaching of the gospel is still opposed by many in the world today. The enemies might have changed, but they are still enemies of the gospel. Just as it was then, it was not sufficient to just talk about the faith it is necessary to demonstrate the faith with power. And that demonstration is God's promissory note that if God can do this, if God can heal, God can show me love, then surely this God is real. Today, as it was in the time of Christ, there's a clash of cultures. The culture of the church is where we give of ourselves. We serve. We don't just live for ourselves. We're not just here to get to heaven. We're here to live for other people, we give to other people. That's what it means to love another, to give to another. To love God is to, to give to God. So we give our, ourselves for the betterment of the others, sometimes at the expense of our own, right? But in the world, the culture is entirely different. It is a, a culture of power and control, and everyone wants to improve their own lot, sometimes at the expense of other people. Even it means stepping over other people. So these two cultures are completely opposite, right? They are completely opposite to one another. They cannot be the same. And if we are not careful, sometimes when we forget their witnesses, you get swept into that culture even while you are attending church. Lately, we have seen some changes in our society and today I want to talk about one of these things that has caused quite a bit of concern for Christians and conservatives alike. And that is to do with the repeal of 377A. And many people are wondering, how is this going to affect us as Christians? Will we, we still be able to be witnesses for Christ in our community? Now, for those of you who don't know, S377A, Section 377A of this uh, criminal law is a law that criminalizes sex between men and men. Okay, so men and men. Sometimes I say men united, right? But women and women, okay, no problem. But this is a law that actually prevents men from having sex with men. This is actually something that has been there since colonial times, right? inherited. For the vast majority of Christians, actually in their mind, Section 377A is something else. What it is in their minds is it is a wall. It is a virtual wall against the onslaught of Western liberal values of LGBT agenda that is threatening to sweep into our society and alter the, the makeup of our younger generation. So in Christian mind, three sensor is this wall. In reality, it is a law that has some ramifications. And that law has served for 20-something years, since 1997 when it, this whole issue blew up. 
with the prosecution of two men who were caught having uh, sex in a public toilet, right? It was prosecuted under 377A. So today, the government is saying that we will repeal this law. Now, what does this mean? And everyone is worried. What does it mean? I want to take a bit of time to explain to you uh, this opportunity to explain to you what this actually means, right? First of all, this law has borders time. It borders some 25 years of time to deal with this influx of unwanted liberal culture. Unfortunately, we have done not a lot with that time. With that time, all we have done is let's try to keep the wall in place instead of building a better wall. We have not built a better wall. And today, we've come to a point where the government says we're going to repeal it. As of February, in February this year, the court dismissed a challenge, right? There were several gay people, gay couples who challenged the constitutionality of 377 saying that this law is unfair. If women can do it, why can't men do it? Section 12 of our constitution says that everyone should be treated equally. Why are we being treated unequally? Now, even you can see that, you know, actually, well, in some ways, yes, there is a slight problem with that. It is an inconvenient law. However, the government has accepted that, okay, this law is a bit more complicated than what it appears, right? However, after that last challenge was brought up in February, the court dismissed it, saying that, okay, you guys have no standing to challenge this law. Then they added something. However, if this law were to be challenged in future by someone who has a standing, there's a high chance that it will be ruled as unconstitutional. So what the court is doing is they're telling you that, okay, the next time this happens, there's a chance that we're going to strike it down. Right? Now, some of us would think, strike it down, must strike it down law. Why repeal it ahead of time? Now, the reason why the government felt that it was necessary to repeal it ahead of time is because, one, they're afraid that when the court makes a decision that this is unconstitutional, it will trigger a chain reaction of reviewing other things that may be considered unconstitutional, right? Including, but not limited to, the definition of marriage. As you know, in Singapore, only men and women get married is considered a marriage, and then they can apply to subsidise HDB flat and so on and so forth, right? Uh, gay marriage not recognized in Singapore, right? Doesn't matter if they get married in other country. The moment they come to Singapore, it's void, it's not counted, right, in Singapore. So they can't do it. So they are worried that that might happen. Again, opinions differ. Some people say, I don't think they'll do it. Some other people say, I think they'll do it. The government's opinion is that they will do it. And the reason why the government feels that this will happen is because they have looked at all the different countries where these laws have collapsed and marriage, uh, gay marriage was instituted as law in those lands. All of these have been triggered by judicial reviews. The court had looked at something and said, this is not right. The moment this court says it's not right, the government is forced to change the law. Now, in order to avoid this happening, the government is saying, okay, in order to, we need to take this whole matter out of the hands of court by doing two things. First, let's remove 377A so that nobody is going to use 377A to trigger a constitutional review of laws. That's the first thing they want to do, right? repeal it, take it out so that nobody can use it in their favour. Secondly, they're going to alter our law to give special protection to marriage. In other words, when it comes to marriage, nobody, including the courts, can determine whether it is constitutional or not. In other words, it's no longer open for any kind of constitutional challenge. There are several laws in Singapore that are like that. For instance, the place of Malays in Singapore is not up for challenge. Some people say, how come Malay can but Indian cannot? 
this is not up for challenge, not up for debate in Singapore because it's a protected law. Now they want to put marriage in this, or at least the women's charter in here. Well, some people will say, but then all you're doing is you're moving it into parliament, right? Is parliament better than the courts? Well, yes and no, depending on how you look at it, right? Now, most of us in Singapore, uh, we are quite bochap, to be very honest. Okay, I, I prove my point. How many of you know how many members of parliament we have? See what I mean, right? ST uh, ran a survey about this 377 A issue. Turns out 49% of people don't care. Most of us care whether we can get chicken from Malaysia or not, right? We, we are not caring about these kind of matters. As long as we are not bothered because in our mind, this is none of my business. Huh? Kaki ku kaki, right? So I think this is something that most people don't care. Now, how the parliament works is this, right? The parliament will vote on issues. When they vote, there are two ways of voting. One, they can all vote according to party lines, which means the whip will not be lifted up. You have no choice. You can't vote whether you agree or disagree. You have to vote according to the party. Or sometimes they allow it, they lift the whip and you can vote according to your conscience. So this whip is not someone in the parliament going around whacking people like that. That's not the kind of whip, right? It's a political whip. So what this government is saying is that as long as they are in power, PM Lee and then DPM Lawrence Wong also said, under his watch, they will not lift the whip on this issue. In other words, it doesn't matter how many PAP MPs might be pro-LGBT, as long as they are in power, the whip will not be lifted. They will be forced to vote for the protection of marriage. Now, this is not a bad thing, right? I know that there are many different opinions. You can differ on your opinions, but let's not differ on the facts of the matter. So, what does this actually mean for us? This means that you do have some protection. There is some good thing that come out from this. But frankly, in my opinion, we have bought ourselves another 10 years or so in order to build a better wall. I'll talk about that wall in a bit. Other than this protection, right? I've, now, I've been talking to uh, Mr. Shanmugam, uh, Mr. Desmond Lee and Mr. Sun Xueling for quite a long time, right? In fact, I just met Desmond and Xueling uh, last Thursday. I've been talking to them so often, Ministry of Home Affairs, Internal Security, calling me all the time. They know me very well already, you know. I'm a bit worried because I, I still want to apply for Singapore citizenship. Huh? So, but I'm giving them a lot of feedback on these issues and they are taking out some action, right? For instance, there was uh, this web page, one PA government web page, you know, you sign up for things. Then all the way down to your gender, uh, male, female, then got one more option, other. Got other one in Singapore? I know in other countries, there are other. La. <laughs> I don't know in Singapore, there's other. Because officially, there's only male and female. Your IC don't have other one, you know, right? So, this was forwarded to me. I forwarded to MHA. That evening, you go back to the same web page, Male and female, no more other, right? So government are doing things like this. Now, we are doing a lot, a lot of things. But there are a few areas that we are concerned. I want to briefly share to you, with you what the government has said they will do because I, I bring up these things to them. First of all, in education, that's the place where I'm most concerned, right? Because it's not about what you do. Sometimes it's about what you didn't say. What you didn't say, allow other people to say. The government will always be neutral in sex education in school. But everything beyond that, Disney Plus, Netflix, they are all glamorizing homosexuality. So, between neutral and glamorizing, nobody is saying that homosexuality is wrong. It's not a good thing. Now, I know some people struggle with this. And, and we love you, we understand the struggle because we also struggle with sin. 
But just because we struggle with sin, we should not say the sin is okay, right? But nobody wants to say that lah, because it's very unpopular, you might get cancelled. So we have spoken to them, we have told them our concern. They are, they are willing to put in place additional things to send the correct message even in the absence of a law that criminalizes uh, gay sex, right? And even that is not very effective. So maybe now they'll do more. We also set up some whistleblowing channels so that parents and even students can tell us what they are discovering. Sometimes the teacher may give them a pro-LGBT assignment, for instance. Okay, tell me and then I'll call MHA again. They know me very well now, right? So, uh, and hopefully they can put pressure on that side. And we're doing some of these things. Second area, I mentioned cancelling, right? So, a lot of times, we are afraid to say some things or to do certain things because we are afraid we might be cancelled. Recently, there was a hotel in Singapore that rejected uh, a marriage of a gay to be run in the hotel. They got a lot of backlash from public, right? And eventually, they caved in and said, oh, uh, we are sorry. Now, the government has assured us that in Singapore, there's no such thing as an anti-discrimination law, right? You, there's no, in other words, in, in US, you don't do certain things. Huh? They say, you are discriminating, we'll sue you in court. In Singapore, you can't do that. In Singapore, there's no anti-discrimination law. We have religious freedom. Churches cannot be forced to do what is against their conscience, right? And not just churches, any religion cannot be forced to do anything to hire people against their conscience. So we thank God for that. And they said they do not intend to do it. They will keep things as such. Of course, even though the law is on your side, sometimes social media can be against you, right? The pressure comes from social media. And so, the government is also saying that they are looking into how they can curb some of the influence of social media. On top of that, aside from government, we are also working with other people to try and redress the imbalance. Because social media is primarily dominated by left-leaning uh, parties, right? So, we are, the right-leaning people are busy working, right? So, so, now we need to redress some of this balance. We also talked to the government about pressure from workplaces, right? What I call business activism. Because some of the, not all, but some of the MNCs, they are quite pro-LGBT. For instance, in Singapore, they are no longer allowed to financially support PingDot. Foreigners in Singapore are not allowed to even attend PingDot. However, some of these companies may internally celebrate uh, pro-LGBT uh, agenda by having their diversity and inclusion policies. What this means is that Maybe they'll say, okay, everyone has to wear rainbow colour for this week. Now, why point if you're a Christian and that's not your witness? What are you going to do? Because if you don't do it, then they say that, well, maybe you will not be promoted or something like this, right? Well, we told the government that this is a problem. They said, actually, they knew it for a long time. But because of this conversation we're having, they are now going to try and come up with some laws to prevent business activism. So we can have whistleblowers, companies will be told quite directly, they are working with MOM to come up with new regulations. So we thank God for that. Also, not easy, huh? but it is something that's being done. Now, of course, all of this is done at great political cost, huh? as you can imagine. Huh? Uh, people already don't like Singapore because they say that we are quite backward. With all of these things done, I think they still don't like us. In addition to this, there are quite a lot of other things that are being done in different ways outside of Singapore. But the one thing that I learned throughout all of this is that, first of all, for all the good that we may see being done, the government cannot be a witness for Jesus on your behalf. They are a secular government. The only people that can be witnesses to Jesus are you. And you cannot win a war by playing defence. You cannot win a war by hiding in a bunker, however solid the bunker may be. Right? 
The only way to win a war is by going out there, preaching the gospel, being witness, converting the nation. That's the only way you can really push back this tide of uh, incoming uh, cultural, uh, cultural change. So I want to challenge this. Uh, I want to challenge all of you about this. Because really, when I saw that 49% of people don't care, I was thinking, no wonder we've got all this problem. Right? I mean, we had 25 years, nobody made noise. But in the last two weeks, I never heard so much noise before. Something is wrong. Something is wrong because most of us are slumbering through. We are asleep. Right? And we do not know that all these changes are happening. Today, will you wake up? Right? Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Some of you are literally sleeping. But okay. <laughs> Alright, so this is something that's quite important. Right? I, I wanted to explain this to you so that you are not overly panicking. I know you're reading all kinds of you know, doomsday uh, situation. No, we have probably have another 10 years. We can make a difference. And God willing, we will make that difference. Some of us are working more in certain areas than others, but even the person who gives out a flyer is going to make a difference. Especially now that this matter is in the hands of parliament, that means all of you indirectly can affect the vote to this thing. The more people you help them to see the goodness and the plan of God, the more you have people on your side. The truth of the matter is that most of us have not been very good at discipling our children. I'm coming back to that point I mentioned earlier. So I'm working with uh, Pastor Debbie and she's got a team. They're going to come up with a kit to help all parents like ready for P1, ready for P2, right? Before they go to, to school because once they go to P1, no longer secondary school, once they go to P1, they're already being exposed to all these things. In Sesame Street, they already talk about Families where they have two fathers. Uh, kids are a bit confused. Huh? Two fathers, normal, man. Right? And you don't have to explain anything. If they hear it long enough, it's normal. So we need to prepare them. Once we do this, we will share this with the church and with, with parents and with all the other churches as well. And we'll probably make it mandatory. Lah. It's very easy, don't worry. It's very easy. Things you can do in a car. But you need to have this conversation with your young people. And we will help you to do this. Amen? You know, these are very, very uh, important times because these 10 years is likely going to determine how the future will look like. If we do not make sense to our young people, and sometimes, to be honest, uh, old people are not very good at making sense because all these matters are so complicated, hard to explain. So hopefully, this explanation will give you a sense of where we are and how we can, on the one hand, press on in being disciples, being witnesses, being ambassadors, and on the other hand, understand what is happening in our world and play our roles in it. I wanted to share this with you, uh, partly also because of things at hand, but let me end with this verse. Hebrews chapter 11, 31, it says, By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. Right? This harlot Rahab, she's not a Jew, she's not a believer, but she was saved. The reason she was saved was because she received the spies with peace. Right? So she went with God's plan. She did what God told them to, uh, at least through the people of God told her to do. In the same way, even though Singapore is not a Christian nation, not by a long shot, huh, by the way, but sometimes all you need is a quorum, a remnant, five righteous men, ten righteous men in a city, and you can save the city. But what happened if one day Abraham is asking God, God, would you spare the city if there are five righteous men? And they couldn't even find five righteous men. You understand what I'm saying? They couldn't even find, because 49% of them, are, maybe there are five, but two and a half of them were up. 
So actually left only two and a half only. Couldn't find five. So our witness is very important. So I want to remind you uh, that Jesus on Mount Olives told you and me to be His witnesses. Every one of you. Not just some of you. Every one of you. Would you close your eyes as we pray about this? I don't know if today after hearing this or maybe even after watching that uh, Lee Kuang's uh, testimony on video just now, maybe there are some of us here who are not yet Christians, but like what was shared, you also want to know God's love in your life. Without anyone looking around, right? Eyes closed all around this room. If you're that person, you're not yet a Christian, but you want God in your life, could you quickly just put up your hands real fast and put it down again? I see the hand at the back there. Is there anyone else? Put your hands up. You're not a Christian, but you want to do that. I'd like to just pray for you. Dear Lord, we thank you for everyone here who is seeking you. Your word says this. You will be found when you are sought with all our heart. And for everyone who is seeking you today, Father, I pray you will speak clearly your words of love and redemption to them, Lord. Help them know that you are there for them. You sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for them, to forgive their sins. So, Lord, may you help every one of these people to come to you. Now, for the rest of us, Lord, we have a work that's not yet done. In fact, it's very far from done. 85% of Singapore, 80% of Singapore has not yet come to a relationship with you. And yet, the church sometimes is asleep. Lord, would you awaken your people? Will you fill us with your Holy Spirit and send us out to be your ambassadors? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.